0: It's Tuesday March 14th welcome to the daily mission today is CPI day and of course we're coming off the heels of the bank turmoil from last week into this week today's episode when things break we've talked many times about the risks involved when the cost of capital goes up and goes up rapidly when people talk about valuation understand that valuation alone is no catalyst price independent of other factors means little But introduce the cost of capital going up, meaning higher interest rates and higher yields being demanded in bond markets. And now those prices, those valuations, do become important. Now the Fed instructions go something like this. Open package, remove item, hammer until breaking. And we're starting to see things break. This is what the Fed does. And it's baked into every Jay Powell speech since moving from the inflation is transitory to, whoa, we have to do something about this inflation. Now, while real estate is a slower burn, the first big headline-making item to break were the edgy banks. I mean edgy because it started with Silvergate, which is a crypto-oriented bank. Then we had the Silicon Valley Bank fiasco, which we'll cover in another episode, and Signature Bank, which is similar to SVB or Silicon Valley Bank. These banks are in the venture cap and tech ecosystem, and again, we'll cover that in another episode. But for now, let's focus on the what and not necessarily the why. Silicon Valley Bank at roughly 200 billion and Signature Bank at roughly 120 billion are the second and third largest bank failures in history, with the largest being Washington Mutual or WAMU in 2008. Now, let's put this in new perspective, though, because the biggest banks think of the too big to fail banks, still ironic in itself within a supposedly free market system. These banks have grown substantially since 2008 to become mega giants. Silicon Valley Bank is a $200 billion bank compared to, say, J P Morgan Chase, which is a $3.7 trillion bank. Now, liquidity has been historically tight. If you look at M2, which is a measure of liquidity, or cash and capital flowing through the economy, it's off a cliff. We had negative M2 in money supply year over year. And when money supply contracts like this, we have bank failures. It's also very important to note, when money is tight, and it's historically tight right now, You can't underestimate big money movers ability to juice fomo to get their exit liquidity from your hard-earned assets they don't care how hard you worked for your money they don't care about your home budget they don't care about your kids you become their easy exit strategy and none of us want to be that back to the banks i think this is going to further consolidate money into the hands of the biggest darlings of the market the ones deemed too big to fail who already exited the lending to the everyday mainstream american business As of today, it looks like the account openings and transfers are on the rise. We think there should still be support, though, for small and mid-sized banks, as the new Fed backstop has been set up to cover depositors above the prior FDIC-insured $250,000 per account. Now, there's still a lot of private money out there, and they will be looking for investment deals and opportunities to lend for yield. You'll still have capital looking for places to park. Although in the short term, it's going to be hard to compete with essentially risk-free T-bills and money market funds paying in the 4 to 5% range, and that could damage capital investment in coming years. But the lure of short-term treasuries will only have an effect for a time. Something like the fall of Silicon Valley Bank is only going to give rise to new banks, new structures, new funding mechanisms. Capital exists out there in large amounts. It flows toward where it's wanted and it stays where it's well treated, and everything moves in waves and cycles. Now, as for the Fed, well, the Fed has to choose right now, save the banking system, or continue to tame inflation further. And it's not gonna be the latter, it's triage. The Fed can't save the banking system and fight inflation with higher rates at the same time. We have to hope that inflation has been affected enough so far that it continues to cool, we'll see. And if liquidity is turned on again due to weakness in the system, inflation will come back again later. Another thing is certain, As we move beyond this current decline, possible recession, we're going to need cheap gas in the combustible form coming out of this. And speaking of energy, let's go over to the inflation print today, since today is CPI day. Inflation came in year over year at 6%, in line with expectation. This inflation rate invites further Fed rate hikes, but in the wake of these bank failures, some wonder if the Fed may pause this month. It's a reminder that although the worst inflation is behind us, high inflation is not over and is still well above the Fed's 2% inflation target. That's a target, by the way, that may have to rise. More on that in a future episode. We don't think the Fed wants to pause on rate hikes right now. Inflation is still too high. It hasn't shown enough magnitude and decline. So where's inflation year over year? Well, in terms of price changes, overall CPI is... Um, 6% plus 6% year over year which is in line with expectations transportation is plus 14.6% gas and utilities plus 14.3% electricity plus 12.9 food at home plus 10.2 food away from home plus 8.4 shelter plus 8.1 new cars plus 5.8 gasoline minus 2.0 and used cars coming in at minus 13.6% year over year although this has taken a recent turn and used car prices have started to climb again. The good news is commodities are dropping, food commodity prices are dropping, and while we may not be seeing noteworthy wage inflation for the middle and high end, here's a bright point. Wages on the low end continue to rise and that puts more money into the budgets of those making the least and perhaps needing it the most. What's next? No one knows. We think equity markets are more likely going down further, not up, even if there is a rate pause. You can't fight the economic gravity of a continued decline in earnings and profits and the potential that we're about to see back-to-back quarters of negative gdp it's our belief and that of our investment research partners that we've been going through the mother of all bubbles complete with fomo yolo rallies and a uniquely american speculative stock market behavior not seen anywhere else in the world among some of the indicators we follow bond yields took the closest fastest elevator down in the casino the TED spread remains muted. The move index has gone parabolic again, signaling volatility in bonds. The high yield option adjusted spread went up a half a percent last week. That's the yield spread on junk bonds. Bank stocks seem to be doing a round trip after plummeting. Uh, volume and volatility in stock markets have been elevated. That said, there are always places to invest and reallocate portfolios. And one of the better options right now is cash and cash like yields. We'll drop a quick podcast on that separately thanks and be well if you like this content and we hope that you do please subscribe and give us a rating for more info on who we are please visit followthemission.com for other timely and insightful content connect and follow us on linkedin you can also find that link easily on our website again at followthemission.com this is not a financial advice we don't know your individual or organizational situation consult a professional if you're looking for guidance This podcast is produced by Mission Advisory Group, an independent registered investment advisor. Please visit our website for all disclosures.